Welcome to the Feel Better, Be Better show. Today, Kate and Nevada will answer your questions and introduce new topics designed to help feel better and be better. These are raw conversations, but they will make a difference. All right, let's see. We're going to do the intro on this. So it was really easy. It was like one point we covered, right? Yeah. Let's see here. I pretty much talked the entire show. So, hey, you get to do the intro. Go for it. And we talked about life lessons. Mm-hmm. How to teach kids, how our feelings are teaching them. In all the areas sports, finances, health. Yeah, we're coming back for more. Coming back for more. So we just hit the nail on the head a little bit. Yeah, just a little tap, tap, tap a room. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, let's see here. So, anything else on the way we're teaching our kids wrong? I mean, uh, we, we kind of can get into, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. I mean, Look at what we've done just in the dietary fashions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like every four years we just, those were bad, this is good. This was good, now it's bad. And I mean. Well, even as a parent, it's difficult because I feel like you get so much, you get so much flack for not giving your kids healthy food. Whatever that means, means something different for anybody. Like, is it 100% fruit snacks or is it actual real fruit, not sugary things? Or what does that even mean? And then on the flip side, you get so much flack for like not letting kids participate in all the sugar of Halloween or whatever the occasion might be. So well, yeah, I mean, dietary is all over the freaking place. Well, no, it's great. The week of Halloween, you're like the worst parent in the planet if you don't let them eat all the sugar they want. Now, the week before that, you're the worst parent if you let them have sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you're almost sitting back going like, whoa, 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 pick one. Yeah. And then on top of it, if you do let them have a lot of sugar... They're one a nightmare because their system's all over the freaking place because sugar imbalance is all over the place. But also, I mean, it's just, we know it's not good for them. And so we're setting them up for binging sugar on random occasions. Like, well, that is acceptable. I mean, I would much rather promote like, okay, if you really need a sweet thing, we can have a sweet thing occasionally instead of like, you can never have sweet things except this one week, then you can eat all the sweet things you want. That's a horrible, that's a horrible setup for how to eat things. We're going to completely limit everything and then you're just going to binge. Mm-hmm. That's why people have diet fails. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the sugar thing, great. I mean, let's dive into that real quick. I mean, so basically for almost all of history, up until what, roughly the 80s, 70s, 80s, somewhere around there, I mean, Americans pretty much didn't have a what, like, within a ton like 10 grams five five to ten grams of sugar a day mm-hmm. and now you have what 50 in a can of soda yeah and i mean that's just counting things that you would label as sugar you're not even counting like just regular carbs that we would say were more savory or salty that have sugar in it or sauces that have sugar in it i mean we add a sugar to a lot of things mm-hmm. and and i mean we've gotten to the point now where we're trying to you know, oh, my blood sugar is getting low. I mean, because our bodies don't even know how to handle it anymore. We don't We don't even know how to handle it when we do have a dip in sugar. Mm-hmm. And I'm just as bad as anybody. You see me, I eat sweets like crazy because I love them. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where I, but I constantly know that I'm like, that's my body that's basically telling me that I want more of that drug. Mm-hmm. And what do I want to do to fight against that? But, I mean, sugar is really bad on your system. I mean, it's good in, in small bursts. But it's really bad and if you're overdoing it. And we are drastically overdoing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... And even not from the other parent side, but, I mean, 
when my daughter looks at me and is like, I really want a candy. I understand that it tastes good, but how do you reason with a five or under year old kid? Probably take their phone away. Yeah. <laughs> why you can't have it because it tastes good because they don't understand all the health stuff necessarily although I will give Harper credit like a lot of the health stuff I've done just watching me she's like oh I want to do that because it's better for my body so we've been able to start having those conversations but leading from example is always the best when they're little I mean it's hard to explain to them why they can't have the thing that they want to have because it tastes good so yeah <laughs> yeah the whole, whole thing but yeah as far as like you know, lessons we're teaching our kids and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, leading from example. I don't have to push it on her. I'm just like, okay, we're having this for dinner. And she sees me eating stuff that maybe she's not eating for snacks and stuff like that. And like, I have almonds or macadamia nuts and stuff in here for snacks during the day. And when she comes and hangs out, if that's around, she just dives right in and eats them. I mean, to her, it's not a healthy versus unhealthy food. It's this is what we have for a snack and I like it. Mm -hmm. And it's just finding the healthy things that she wants to eat like that and fruit and um, she loves hummus and different things like that and bell peppers and having them on hand for her. Yeah, you got her trained that bell peppers are a sweet. I know. A fruit. Yes, she thinks so. And we're not telling her otherwise. That's the really impressive. <laughs> I know. She loves them. She will eat a whole one. But I mean, if I have that stuff available most of the time in the house and the other stuff just isn't there, yeah, there'll be a time like, hey, let's go get ice cream. But she doesn't push as much for it sure i think the the real interesting side of that one is is in this day and age we really don't go like a week without a soda mm -hmm. we don't go a week without a cookie we don't go a week without some cake or something like that i mean we we're constantly kind of having it on a regular basis and of course we justify you know i've been good today i don't i only had three sodas so i'm gonna have a cake this afternoon or it was somebody's birthday so and, i had to have some you know somebody brought in free donuts you know yeah i mean yeah but I mean, but it's amazing how much if you do get off of that, you can't almost eat the stuff that we have now. I mean, if you literally like went on like, I'm going to cut out no sugars for like two weeks, your palate would completely change. So I know plenty of people that are just like, well, you can do that because you're into it. And it's just like, I can't, I, my body just, I, I just love it. I crave it too much. And it's like, that's the bacteria in your body that is wanting you to have more. And people just don't get it i mean it's dying so it starts sending the triggers to your brain saying i need more of this so i can survive and that's where your cravings come from yeah you're literally letting bacteria run your life yeah well i mean i used to be that person i used to be you talk about loving sweets and eating them all the time i used to love sweets you know i loved having dessert after certain meals and my parents never let me go crazy with the amount of sugar that we ate but not consistently eating them the last couple of years for various reasons yeah, most of the, unless it's like a really good homemade dessert, like it's not worth it. It doesn't taste good. Well, I think that's a big thing when you get away from it, like some of the icing on cakes and some of the stuff you buy at the store. When you've been off of sugar for a while, it's, it's almost awful. inedible. It is. Or like a candy bar. I can't even tell you a candy bar that I like. Because mm -hmm. they're just, they don't taste good to me anymore. And I'm not saying that like I'm better than anybody else because I used to love candy bars. They're just too intense. They're just, they're too intense and it tastes just like, I might as well just take in a spoonful of sugar. Like, there's nothing to it anymore. There's no no range it, of taste to it. It does help the medicine go down. Yeah, sure. Sorry, you said it. I had to go for it. <laughs> no. Sugar. But, I mean, you can, you can, I think the biggest thing on that one is, is that you can change your palate. Mm -hmm. And most people don't realize that because they just, they, the, the cravings just kick in so hard. And it's okay. If you are going to, like, try to cut out, like, soda or something like that, pick one, I don't care. You're going to have, 
plan in the fact that you're probably going to fail it someday. It's okay. Yeah. Everybody does. Doesn't mean you throw it all out. Pick it up the next day. You know, just just let it go. I mean, just that was part of learning how to fail when we talked about before. So, I mean, but I, I think it's interesting. I think it's good that you're you basically led by example, teaching your kid that you know that you don't get a you know a fruit roll up every time you decide you want to have one. Yeah. turn into a terror mess of like screaming around the house because I want my freaking roll up. I never did that. Hmm. Yeah, ours was those cosmic brownie things. Harper got one for after snack, after snack. She's like, this is so good. I'm like, will you enjoy it? Because we won't be having this around the house. <laughs> um, no, but even with that, I mean, you can go into like moving more because I know Harper is obsessed with the TV and that is like a huge fight. And I know it's a problem with a lot of kids because I mean, they just want to sit in front of the TV and watch it. What's the dopamine? Yeah, but if I can get her at home and if I'm out like grilling or doing something, she'll be like, oh, okay, I'll come run, run around outside and do stuff and then she'll get into other things and then before you know it, she forgets that we even were going to watch TV. Is it a fight afterward before we go to bed? Yes, but she gets distracted by other things because we're out doing other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while we're mentioning that one, I mean, I think it's hilarious that you always find like the adults they talk about how the kids can't ever get out of their phone but i'm sorry it is it is horrible it's it's both ways and i mean i have to make a conscious effort and it's hard that's what i'm trying to get at there's i've seen so many adults that their kids like trying to talk to when they're in their phone and of course you can you can see the justification on them like dude somebody might need something at work Mm -hmm. or what if somebody called me or somebody is having an emergency I'm still barely old enough to remember when we didn't have contact all the time. I, I mean, I remember I was a decent, pretty decent age in high school when pagers came out. I mean, and even then we still had to go get like a phone somewhere, you know? I mean, cell phones were coming here not too long after that. But I kind of think back, I'm like, man, let me, let, me, let me see if I get this straight. I was a 15 year old kid driving way more than I should have. That's what we did then. <clears throat> um, you know, this this to and from school. I mean, friend needed a ride home. He just lives seven miles in the opposite direction. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the uh, but I mean, we were out driving around with nobody to be able to get hold of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have flipped the car over seventeen times on a dirt road, and nobody would have ever found us for hours. You know, I mean, and, and nowadays we can't even imagine it's been five minutes. What if somebody called for an emergency? Yeah. Or like, you know, we do a lot of our work stuff on the phone through email and different things like that. Or I have our work number through that comes through my or phone. Apps. Or someone has a text or, you know, running multiple teams. It's like someone's always trying to get in contact with you. It's so easy to be like, okay, I just need to send this one text. And then the next one comes through. And so there's so many times I have to put a conscious effort like, okay, I'm going to put my phone somewhere where it's not near me. And half the time I probably need to take my watch off. So I don't know if anybody's contacting me because... It's hard not to just respond. Mm-hmm. But then, so we as adults have been, we grew up not having that. Mm-hmm. We, our brains are designed that we actually understand the importance of doing those with that time. We have this new generation between this TV, these iPads, I'm sorry, tablets, and phones. Games and, and all the stuff and all the video games and everything we're doing. How will they ever know the difference? 
How will they ever be able to catch themselves that they're never going to get that? Mm -hmm. What, and then I come back again. What kind of dangers are we doing by allowing that? Now, I totally get it. I've seen plenty of kids go screaming mess because they know if they throw a big enough transfer, they will get whatever they want. They've literally trained their parents well enough that that's what they'll have on there. So their whole thing is, if I, if I don't get what I want, I make it a bigger deal. And they want their tablet, they want their phone, they want their video games, they want their TV, and they want their fruit roll-up. So, gotta have oh, a snack while you're exactly. You can't do, like you can sit in front of the TV and not eat. I don't know popcorn, fruit roll-ups, candy bars. Exactly. So, in case I don't, the um, <laughs> I had to get you favorite, your favorite. But all I'm trying to do is all I'm trying to say is that I think it's our roles as leaders of the teams that we're in to basically try to show that there's something different, which we don't check our phones very often during the practices and games. We're practicing and we're doing games. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to tell them to put them away and stuff like that and go into that. But, I mean, that's that can be a very good, re you know, retreat to go do that kind of stuff and you're not watching your phone. I mean, the world isn't going to end in the two hours that you that you set your phone down. Mm -hmm. But I think as adults, we have to really catch ourselves. I mean... It, it we're just as susceptible to that dopamine rush as that little kid is yeah the crazy thing too is like i mean you would imagine if you know someone's busy that you would expect them not to have access to their phone too you would think that that would be a thing but i don't know how many times i've had like parents or friends that know i'm in practice and they still call or text me like during practice like hey i'm gonna be later hey i need this and it's like i'm not available i don't have my phone on me i'm busy doing stuff because so many people answer well, and you get the other one too. I mean, like they'll send an email and and call you in like four minutes. Oh God, yes. Or well, I sent you an email or a text and call you right away afterward, and yeah. it's like you didn't respond. You didn't give me a chance to respond. It's not even that important of a thing that you need a response to this instant. Well, it didn't, sometimes it's like, I didn't even know you needed a response. I thought it was just information you were sharing. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of those too. I was mm -hmm. just. I love it. I, I think the one that cracks me up more than anything is I get, you know, I do calls. I'm one of the last people that likes to make calls. I know you call like everybody. I do. <laughs> and, but I mean, for me, most of the time, you know, my schedule, it's crazy. It's insane. Most of the time when I'm making calls, I'm where? In your car. I'm in my car. Because I do not do well with texting and driving. I don't know. Nobody does. I know. So I just, I just realize it's a problem. I got it on my brain. I'm going to call and get it off of there. It's awesome. Most people I know, they are well aware that's what I'm going to do. Some of them send me straight to voicemail, which is perfectly fine. I'll leave the voicemail message so I get the point across and it's out of my brain. Because if, if I go two more miles down the road, I'm going to forget what I thought about. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I got a call. And some people pick up. And I'm, it's perfectly fine. But it's, it's just funny how a lot of times I don't even expect them to. Mm -hmm. I, I expect that when I'm calling, I'm going to be talking to voicemail. And I realize that I'm not supposed to leave a voicemail. That was a new thing, too, that was considered the most rude thing you could possibly do was to leave a voicemail. And I was like, but if I don't, if I don't, if I don't leave the message, I'm going to forget what I was talking about. It's just going to go away. And then I'm going to think of it like three weeks later and be like, oh, I meant to deal with that like a month ago. So, yeah, um, I, I, I don't I, I hope that whoever is getting the call that they realize they totally have the option of sending me to voicemail and I won't be upset whatsoever. 
Now, if I make the second call right away, then we can have a conversation. But I mean, I'm still trying to think of how many emergencies, emergencies that we, we really made it to where it's almost like we almost feel like we have to be there for people, mm -hmm. mainly because we are able to get a hold of all the time now. We didn't used to have that. Yeah. We used to find out about information later on. Now it's like being right to us. So, yeah. Got anything else? Oh, I got plenty. I'm trying to think of which one. This is going to be a two-part thing. This would be multiple part parts. Oh, okay. I, I think the other one for me I want to get into is on this one is like the financial side of things. I mean, we've done some pretty decent financial podcasts. Mm -hmm. We've done some business podcasts. We've done working with shows. I mean, working with vendors and stuff like that and everything. How many people do you know that kind of know you that just think what you're doing is just crazy? A lot. Uh-huh. Can I include myself in that? Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, thinking back from growing up and stuff, I mean, I was not taught like I won't say I wasn't taught anything on financial stuff. My parents tried to, like, you know, teach me how to balance a checkbook and stuff like that, which a lot of kids don't know how to do. Um, but a lot of the other stuff we talked about, I mean, I learned from getting jobs and doing different things, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know anything about retirement or why it's important or especially starting young or... I think my favorite right now is like, well, I want a million dollars when I retire. And it's like, is that going to be enough? Well, yeah, it's a million dollars. Like, is it going to be enough? Do you, are you aware how long that will last? Do you have any idea how much your expenditure should be? I mean, we just, it's, they, they don't even have any idea what number they need to get at. And I mean, it, all they can do is this mystical million dollars. Yeah. And, and do you want just a straight number to where you're just whittling away at it? Or do you want assets where you're taking like the extra money off of it and you still have them? main asset what do you want to have that asset in like mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions but a lot of that i think comes back to some of the stuff we talked about where it's just you tr you you try to explain it the kid has too many questions you're not necessarily asked you feel almost like you're supposed to be the one that has all the answers yeah so you start avoiding the scenario because you may not know the answer yeah. As opposed to almost turning it back and saying, I don't know, what do we need to go look up to find out what the truth is on that? Yeah. Or, I mean, I wish my parents would have been more forthcoming with me on good and bad things that they do in their finances. I mean, I didn't, I don't know anything. Well, hold on. That's a parent. You never tell them bad. I know. Nothing bad ever happens. I know, but my parents never explained differences between different accounts, mistakes that you can make. I mean, I know they told me to be careful with getting into debt, but they didn't tell me what that looked like or what that meant or how easy that was. I mean, and you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, well, if I just take out this much now, I could pay it off over these amount of months. But then you never, you never consider the fact that life is always going to have another thing come up. So there were a lot of those life lessons that my parents never gave me examples about that they, you know, like, oh, this one time I thought this was a great idea and it didn't work out because of this or this or this. Or they just didn't share that stuff with me or teach me how to, like, okay, if you got this much in here, you really need to make sure you're setting aside X amount in your savings account because we want to build that up so you've got a little bit of a cushion. I mean, to a degree we talked about a little bit, but I feel like there's such major gaps in the holes of things that we could have talked about growing up that would have been so beneficial as an adult. And I feel like I'm way better off than a lot of people out there. You didn't think so until a couple of I didn't ago. think so, but <laughs> I mean, 
but I even know that in the fact that I look at some people like I feel stressed out with some of the debt and stuff that I've gotten into and I look at some people that I know as like friends or acquaintances and the stuff that they have going on in their life I'm like how the heck do you even pay for your stuff <laughs> and so I mean it's an honest like how or I know well, you what I'm capable of thinking through how the hell do you make it in life like well, you just you've turned an interest an interesting corner where now you with your friends you, they're asking you how in the world you did that. They mm -hmm. don't understand how you were able to get there. So now they are starting to tell you their scenario so that they, you can help them, and you're starting to go, oh Lord, and you start seeing like, oh man, I thought I was in a bad spot, but I'm really not that bad. I'm doing really good, mm -hmm. and you are, um, but that's why you're seeing that more now yeah. because you've through some of the stuff we've done, you've been able to do some of those things and they're sitting there going like, I want to do that. Yeah. And they don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I try to like, you know, as far as like the rentals and the business stuff and stuff like that. I mean, Harper is very much present for a part of a lot of that stuff and seeing me do that while she doesn't understand a lot of that yet. Oh, I, she's getting it. I hope that she sees the process at least and starts to understand how that works. But with that too, like I haven't even considered, but I need, really need to think about how teaching her those lessons look and even, you know, personal through business. Well, there's one point in this I kind of want to bring up, so maybe this will steer us into that. And that is, so your parents and you mm -hmm. as a parent. Okay, so you have a situation where you may have, got into a debt that you're going to pay off and then something wrong happens. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, <laughs> something you're aware of right now, you've you got your car paid off great, and then, oh no, again, a car accident. Now you have a car payment again, which you totally planned. You did a whole bunch of things that you were going to take care of in a short period of time, a couple of years that you were going to take care of, but but basically that was the predicated on the fact that you didn't have a car payment mm -hmm. and now you're gonna have a car payment mm -hmm. so i mean you could easily spill over that you have a financial issue right not saying you made any wrong decisions not saying sometimes it, you know things just go sideways um <clears throat> in this situation even if your daughter was old enough would you want to tell her or would you want her to make sure that she doesn't feel like there's anything that's wrong no, you would you would you would not want her to feel like there's anything that could go wrong, and that's how we get into that situation. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like you know, knowing how things worked out for me, it feels like you're still keeping. You could give some of that without giving away all of it. Like it just feels like leaving them completely in the dark is the whole worst decision. <laughs> I understand, but I mean, I get I it. I get because I don't want to look like a failure in front of Harper. I don't want her to worry about money. I mean, kids don't understand well enough to not worry about money. <laughs> Although she has no concept. She thinks I can buy her anything she wants. And I tell her all the time, I don't have money to buy her anything she wants, but she doesn't get that. But yeah, you do. It's in your wallet. <laughs> yeah. You can just use your card. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kids, kids' concept of money is the fact that you just control it. Mm -hmm. That's it. They don't understand that it's finite. Barely understand what finite means yeah. and where everything else goes. What I'm trying to get at is I have no idea how I will redo this, be able to do this if I have kids. I know how I do it now. I actually tell other people and kids and stuff like that about some of the failures that I've had in finances. 
which ultimately I'm aware of, everybody I'm around considers me a whiz in finances and does everything smartly and great and everything like that. You can be amazing at that and still have problems, and I do, and they happen. I'm in one now, and I'll work my way out of it. But um, I think the biggest thing I want them to see is the fact that, no, it's a process. you got to work through it. Everybody's going to go up and down. Everybody's going to have a problem. You're going to have one come in, and you're going to have a problem, and you have to change it up. Well, like you said, you can do everything what feels the right steps down the road and have something happen and be in a place that makes you uncomfortable financially changes everything but still continue to work and move forward mm-hmm. it just might take some creativity to do so but i think we'd get everybody what I, you, you can't be perfect at it yep i think the biggest one for me is that with the kids in particular is you're worried you don't want them to you don't want them to panic because mm-hmm. that's what kids do they'll have they'll get upset so <clears throat> can you actually talk to them about it in a, in a, matter, of, in a matter of like, here's what we're going to do. So we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're gonna, so we're going to have to cut this out and do this or whatever so that we can work our way out of that. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine that that wouldn't work out better. You're basically showing them how to work through a problem. Yeah. How to. And on top of that, you're not that you are fallible. fallible. There are things that can happen and go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you handle that, I think, is more important than anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and and but I mean, and then again, Donner, the, the 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 way interpretations are, especially on kids. I think we had one that cracked me up more than anything the other day, when one of the thirteen-year-olds we had on our team talked about my fancy new car that I drive around <laughs> which <laughs> even you kind of looked at her like what I'm like uh, so you know how old that car is <laughs> what and, <laughs> and I die laughing so I mean it is a what is that thing now it's 14 year old Toyota Camry mm-hmm. is what that car is no not not a Lexus I know, it's not even like a fancy car. Yeah, and not, not anything <laughs> special. I mean, it is a 14-year-old, 250,000-mile Toyota Camry. And I showed up in a fancy car. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, almost every time we're at practice, that might be the oldest car in the parking lot. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it's definitely, there may be one or two that might be older than that. But it is definitely one of the oldest cars in the parking lot, hands down. And yes, I've kept it nice. It doesn't have like anything. It doesn't look bad at all. I mean, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in it, though. It definitely has some wear and tear on the inside because 250,000 mile 14-year-old car is going to have some wear and tear. Um, but I mean, think of how much the perception influences that kid. I mean, there's probably 10 cars in that parking lot that are newer, nicer, and more expensive. And she sees mine as the luxury vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was all like, oh, man, his payments on that must be pretty pretty expensive every month. I'm like, <laughs> you mean zero? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are huge they're insane to deal with that's the tipping point of his budget right there yeah no kidding (laughs) 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Which the crazy thing is, even if you did have a payment on all the cars out there, I'm like, there's a lot of cars that are more expensive a month than that car. Lots. Even the new one, like. Yeah. Okay. No, I could go get a brand new Toyota Camry, and my payment would probably still be less than a lot of the cars in the in the, in the parking lot, even if I like finance almost everything. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was just I, that's what I mean. But think of the perception and the change in that kid's mind. And I mean, it just, I, and I don't think that's a one-off. That's how much the way you carry yourself and the way you go about things can influence. Mm-hmm. She's just automatically assuming that that car is an expensive car. A new expensive car. When it's completely the opposite. <laughs> Sorry, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah. I just, I think when you told me that, I just look at you like, I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah, you gave the same look to me that I gave to her when she said it. Like, there's so many things I could say to this, but what do I tell you first? Yes. Like, where do we start? Hang on, let me, give me a minute. I need to write down all the points I need to cover and we'll get started. But that's the deal with kids and perceptions, especially in finances that they don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are how, what is it that we're teaching them that's basically making them so screwed? Well, what can we do to be able to change that? I'm not saying, that's a total rhetorical question. Yeah, but I mean those are the things that we have to ask as leaders and coaches and stuff like that in in what we do. Now I still have some other points, but I'm getting tired of talking. Okay, we can take a break and come back. Yes. I think we will. So I'll go ahead and we'll just end this right here. We'll pick it up some other time. Okay. All right. <laughs> and scene. Oh, God. Thank you for watching. Kate and Nevada hope you've enjoyed this show and found it useful and empowering. If you have any questions or comments, please contact them at kinetics.com. That's K-N-E-T-I-C-X.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well. And please write a review of the show. Kate and Nevada appreciate hearing the feedback, and they welcome your reviews and your word of mouth will help others learn how to feel better and be better.